So I was just reading an article on Medium about the need for stable coins in the cryptocurrency market. And uh, this is kind of frustrating as uh, a balanced investor with cryptocurrencies and realizing the things that, you know, the average investor and especially journalists don't seem to grasp about currencies, especially when, you know, they're not wrong when they compare cryptocurrencies to an asset like fiat or gold or silver. It's like, yes, people want to use these sort of things as currencies. They have all throughout history. And it's really beneficial when they are stable. Um, when I first got into cryptocurrencies, it was definitely for the whole, you know, get rich quick type motivation that most people won't admit to. But I'd say about nine out of 10 people that are into the idea of cryptocurrencies within the past two years at some level want to make money really quick. And I'm, I'm talking about if you want to make money in under two years, you want to make money really quick with this. So the fact of the matter is, is with cryptocurrencies, even a, a holding strategy, you can 10x your returns if you buy in, you know, usually somewhere between spring and summer for decentralized open open source protocol coins. If you buy in in summer and sell right right before the the holiday correction, it's you can 10x almost like clockwork every single year. But the fact of the matter is, is people don't want the 10x returns. They want the 100x, the 1000x returns when, you know, if you go to any venture investor and ask them, you know, what are you looking for in returns? They want a 10x within two to three years. And you can get this like clockwork with crypto Yet people are so distracted by the stories where people become millionaires overnight. Nobody is going into this with, you know, a clear head. But what I can say is getting into this years ago from the mining aspect, realizing I got into mining right at the time it stopped being profitable for, you know, this was before Ethereum was even available. And when I realized I missed the boat on Ethereum when that was about 14 cents, about eight to 14 cents uh, in Ethereum and I wanted to drop a few thousand into that, I, I started kicking myself after about a year of investing in Ethereum about when it was still a single digit dollar amount. So I, I stopped investing in Ethereum pretty heavily before it went above $20. Um, but what people don't really realize is that um, the same dilemma that faces cryptocurrency when it comes to uh, investing in it is it's not an investment vessel. It's really not. It's, it's a currency. People don't understand that, you know, if you wanted to invest in you know, gold or fiat or anything like that in the past, you had to buy more. And it was much harder than pulling out your credit card and just going to a crypto ATM or Coinbase, something like that. 
So there wasn't always this huge influx of buyers like there is now where everyone knows how to buy it with going to Coinbase. It's you can get these types of market destabilizations, these volatility that very rarely happen with fiat currencies or gold just because there is such a barrier to entry to buy enough when the market for gold is saturated. There are way more holders of gold than there are holders of crypto. And when there's an influx of buyers, they see the same sort of volatility that crypto runs into. And people don't really understand that, you know, we have cryptocurrencies and crypto exchanges. But what's interesting is, is you don't have that same barrier to entry you do with fiat, where if you want to trade fiat on a mass scale, not just a user, like somebody with a savings account and a job, they're a user. The investors are the Forex traders and you need a lot of money to get into speculating. But crypto with a few thousand dollars, you can get into speculating. And when you have a mass amount of number of people doing this and they don't know what the crap they're doing, you have this intense volatility that has slowed down over the years with crypto to the point now where people freak out just as much when it's too stable. And this is the dilemma. It's like people think that cryptocurrency is the decentralization of the financial markets. This is probably the most important part of this podcast episode is cryptocurrencies are not the entire financial market. In fact, they are just the assets, the currencies, the gold. They are just that part. We do not have a proper decentralized investment vessel for cryptocurrencies. The entire crypto market is literally just, you know, banks and savings accounts and and that in the currency side. We don't have a Wall Street of crypto. We have an illusion of it. But really what we have is a bunch of, you know, quote unquote exchanges that are online that look high tech and advanced. But in all honesty, they are not unlike going to a currency dealer or a coin dealer or a coin shop in a local area and that has its own ecosystem where it is not interconnected to handle investors the same way we think of a Forex exchange or uh, a, a stock exchange, like, you know, even a primarily ethical one like IEX. Like these, these look like exchanges, but they are not. They are closer to mom and pop type coin dealers with millions of customers that know about as much as most of these coin dealers and and uh, their customer base when people get really interested in buying you know gold or silver it's you have that same sort of disparity when people think because it looks like a stock exchange or a forex market or because coinbase looks like these that these are somehow different but they're not. They're, they're really a small shop. We don't have a cryptocurrency exchange that is separated from the market to give people an eagle's eye view of the crypto market. The closest thing we have are 
systems like CoinMarketCap. This is very confusing for people, but this all comes down to the fact that an exchange is not supposed to make money. It's supposed to be a way for people to easily see indexes of assets compared to one another in a way where you know that the people hosting these visual representations of where the markets are at aren't colluding to make money behind the scenes. So that's why exchanges run into, like even stock exchanges run into a lot of money when they're controlled and operated by for-profit entities. Most people think that we only have the New York Stock Exchange or those sort of, but there are over 30 light pool exchanges in the U.S. alone. And the fact of the matter is, is it gets really, really dangerous when we start treating exchanges like they're for-profit companies and their public service of providing visual indexes for people to see where assets are compared to one another, when they don't have any other goal but to make money, you start to realize certain things can happen. Delays in markets, misrepresentation, you know, even counting the value of your coins at different at different prices than other markets, but keeping in with the same relative percentage growth and decline. These are all ways to con the un, unfamiliar in quote unquote investor. And this is very, very dangerous because we could very easily with decentralized cryptocurrency have an exchange that is 100% decentralized. Right now, the closest thing we have are decentralized exchanges that are based on tokens. But all it's going to take is one one coder to upload an exchange that doesn't have any profitability model in it. This is going to disrupt the way we think of exchanges as humans in a way that makes them more fair for professional investors, more fair for you know, amateur investors and less likely for the whales in the banks and other institutions to come in and hyper manipulate the market in a way where if an organization running this decentralized protocol isn't trying to make a profit, they have no reason to collude with the big money people. Because the fact of the matter is they can go a pretty long while with a good mission statement until they have a rough quarter or a rough year and then they realize they're between a rock and a hard place and they need money and they start to sacrifice their principles maybe 5% of the time or 10% of the time. But once, once they're in bed with somebody that knows this long game, they've been playing this finance game for so long, they come in and look like a saving angel, but then they turn into their devil captor. This is the problem we're running into. So do I think we need stable coins? No. 
In fact, I think we need a new type of crypto. We need a crypto exchange that isn't in the currency racket, but instead is more like an API that any crypto can be represented on it and there's no central control. It's really hard for people to adjust to this decentralized philosophy and realize that we could have a completely decentralized exchange that has no centralized control. And that means no centralized profitability, because if there's centralized profitability, they're going to find a way to have centralized control. And this is something that, you know, you have to separate almost two parts of your brain if you've been in the for-profit industries for very long because this is very, very difficult for us to wrap our head around because we are used to regulations and you know oversight to, to correct things when for-profit entities are behaving unethically. But what we don't seem to realize as a as a whole, some people who understand the decentralized philosophy have started to realize that you have more perfect oversight with how crypto works in general, how blockchain is magical in a sense. You have absolute oversight and no need for any sort of central control. And what's really exciting for public services that have needed centralized profitability to survive like indexes and you know public schooling or other things that have needed some sort of profitability you have this area of technology where once it is created it costs no money no money to sustain Jeremy Rifkin goes into this and He explains this in some of his works where it's uh, zero marginal cost. If you don't know what zero marginal cost is, like that's such a revolutionary idea that's kind of blossomed spontaneously in the desert with no rain. It's it just happened. It came from nowhere, but it came from the Internet. We have this zero marginal cost society where once things hit zero marginal cost, people can duplicate them and copy them for free in a way that tears down industries. We see this happening in music in Hollywood, and eventually it's going to happen in finance. Once the zero marginal cost society, once somebody thinks, oh, I could build an exchange like Coinbase and give it away for free, Whoever does that first is going to change the way we do investments for the rest of humanity. So the fact of the matter is, is we don't need stable coins. We need somebody who sees the bigger picture and is stupid enough to give up a billion dollar idea to benefit themselves and the rest of humanity in a way where It brings balance the way, you know, people promoting socialism want, but it also decreases the likelihood of poverty, violence, and enforcement of unethical beings in a way that both, you know, the industrialists and the socialists both promote a a catch-22 when they want more privatization or more public, you know, control. Both of them don't have a way to avoid 
the violence, the, the enforcement without government control. Both of them have to resort to that. It's a, it's a really weird dilemma that decentralization somehow magically fixes in the fact where everyone is represented. We can have complete representation in a democratic society in a way that we've had to have representatives up until now. And the fact is, is decentralization has the possibility to cut out all middlemen from every industry. And right now, people want to invest. Stable coins would give the people who need to test the waters a great place to test the waters with something or even just become a user, which they desperately want to become a user, but they don't know how to navigate the volatility. The fact of the matter is decentralization fixes this by not needing it. It doesn't need to fix it by addressing it directly. We just start to realize that with decentralization, you no longer need middlemen. And middlemen have always been the ones that have been corrupted and do unethical things that put a for-profit or a public service in the realm where they're hurting people either financially, ethically, with violence, you take out all the middlemen and you start to realize, yes, that threatens a lot of people's livelihoods. But as we know them, they will adapt in ways that will be more beneficial to humanity as a whole. It will give them less demanding time. It will put them in less stressful situations that will, you know get them compromised and the fact of the matter is it separates them from their roles in a way where if we don't have people that can be compromised those are the weak points everyone's afraid of crypto being hacked but all the middlemen now are how we hack industry public sector all of these things get hacked by you know bad lobbyists or you know bribing or people just put in a position where they have to answer to some that is social hacking in a way that is so systematically programmed into how we do things the decentralization threatens those positions where all they'll have to do is change or realize that if they don't want to change it's because they are the people abusing the system most of them just haven't gotten caught. And this is the problem is it's become so second nature for us to say that's just how, you know, Wall Street works or that's just how government works or that's just how business works. Decentralization threatens all of the positions that are corruptible. And if people rely on even let's say 1% unethical behavior to make their job work, those are the ones that are more terrified than the ones who are completely ethical in what they're doing, but usually never get anywhere. So they see the great benefit in this. So do we need stable coins? No, we need somebody smart enough or dumb enough to give away Something like a truly decentralized, demonetized public service exchange. 
and that will change the game forever where we're no longer talking about how to regulate or how to have a stable coin. Those things become moot points because the solutions prevent the need for those types of fixes anymore. It disrupts our status quo so much that most people get so terrified to stop and act, ask what next, what next? They are just going to resist it instead because we can usually ask what next about three to five times before we get so uncertain that we go to negative answers and we start getting terrified because we no longer have the trust in ourselves to be able to figure out the positive solution. When the fact of the matter is, is we don't need stable coins. We don't need companies that we can trust. We just need to take the decentralization further and cut out more middlemen than ever. If you want to learn more about the decentralized philosophy, I'm I'm working on a book right now, but honestly, I don't even know if I should finish it. I just discovered a book that I'll put in the description. It's the best decentralist manifesto that I've ever read where it's it's really really fascinating how they've covered all the major concerns in the way that I've been trying to the past year go out and get this book it's the the social singularity it's on Amazon or you know hit me up if you want to borrow my copy like check out this book the social singularity because it addresses all of these questions that we've been terrified to ask more than you know the what next questions more than three or five times before we start to break down out of fear. And this book addresses what I took years trying to address these questions to help my friends and clients that I consult as a public service to people who will take the time to listen that things aren't as cut and dry as all the marketers try and make it seem with crypto investment and people end up losing a lot of money even though they feel well informed. Most of this stuff is counterintuitive. I got most of my knowledge from Forex trading and studying that and comparing it to other asset trading like stocks and commodities and realizing that we're not seeing the big picture when we just look at how to invest in crypto. And that's something that shook me to the core so much. I needed to get that information out to anyone who would just take the time to listen and understand that we don't know what we don't know, but most people who try and pretend like authorities, like they're authorities, will say that they know everything. And this is tough because this is new territory. Most people don't even know that there is a decentralized philosophy, let alone how to wrap their heads around what a decentralized future would look like. If you're struggling to understand what I'm talking about right now, check out this, the social singularity. And I think I have that title right, but if not, the link will be in the description here. This is probably by far the best book I've read summarizing all of this. And if my book is now turning into more of a follow-up that will point to this book a lot, because this is, this is, Something that I wish I read back in 2014 when I started getting into crypto mining. 
This is this is everything you need to know to bridge the gap of what does for-profit look like in a decentralized future? What does non-profit look like in a decentralized future? What do public services look like in a decentralized future? What does a government look like in a decentralized future? All of these things are laid out in a way that our generations desperately need right now. I highly suggest checking this out and listening to this podcast again later. There's a lot of high-level concepts that I go over and try and break down as much as I can. And please, if you have any questions, send me a response either in a comment or on Anchor. If you don't have the Anchor app, look for Anchor FM on the app store or online, go to anchor.fm and get this. And you can send me a question that I will respond to. I'm looking to do more of these crypto advice. I will give away any crypto advice. I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to get people to listen and just waiting for people to understand that they don't know what they don't know. And if you want somebody who lives their life like that, seeking for better answers, reach out to me. I'll give away any crypto advice you need, whether it's, you know, how to invest beyond exchanges, how to figure out what the truly decentralized cryptocurrencies are, how to figure out, you know, how to navigate the ICO sphere, all of these things. I'm looking to give this away because people who are ready to have their beliefs challenged are the ones who are going to understand that this isn't some isolated investment vessel. This is so interconnected to everything out there that we've gone most of our lives not paying any attention to like forex stock exchange brokerage all that stuff once you start putting those pieces together you start to realize how easy it is for wall street to manipulate these how easy it is for a big whale to go into a minor exchange and manipulate things how easy it is for a small group of whales to go into something like Coinbase and manipulate things. All of these things are not gained by looking at how everything is different, how crypto is different, but by seeing how it's similar. And when you're looking at how things are connected, you start to make the same sort of connections that I've been making over the past couple of years. The same sort of connections that the author of The Social Singularity has come to and written this book and beaten me to the punch with it. Go out, support him, read that book if you need to borrow it to see if if you can even wrap your head around it. He breaks it down so great. Ask me, I'll, I'll give you a copy to borrow of mine and just check it out. There, there's so much we have to learn. We don't know what we don't know. And the further I've gone into these studies, the more I realize, like, if I feel like I know nothing, then anybody who's playing a confidence game that makes it seem like they know everything is going to get everyone's money at the end. And I'm just, I'm so tired of seeing this. So anybody who's looking to educate themselves, I don't have the answers, but I will tell you how I got my answers because my answers might not work for you exactly the same, but I can help you discover the answers for yourself. And I am more than happy to 
answer questions submitted through the Anchor app, and I will answer them live on a podcast or send a question to to me on uh, you know an email or or Facebook. How, however, you see this post shared, uh, send it to me. Send send the message to me if you want to reach out to me. Uh, I'll put links in the description of the share so you can reach out to me and ask your questions in any way you can, and I'll I'll answer them in future podcasts about crypto. Keep your head on a swivel. This is new territory, but it's so much more familiar when you start putting together and connecting the dots, putting together all the pieces and connecting the dots. And I'm I'm willing to help anybody that is willing to take the time to do something that isn't a quick explanation. It can it can take a while to wrap our heads around and anybody who has the patience with themselves and the patience with me to connect those dots and go outside of their comfort zone reach out to me.